Do School Better, a podcast for people who want to transform education. Join Doris Corda, Hawkins School's Associate Head and Director of Entrepreneurial Studies, as she shares her experience as an educational reformer told through conversations with Assistant Directors Tim Desmond and Allison Tanker. The Decision Filter. In this episode, Doris explores the decision filter she uses for choosing which businesses will work with the students. She discusses the reasoning behind her rule of three and explains why students must relate to the problem and see the CEO as a role model. So being that these business problems are so critical to the entrepreneurship class, how do you find those problems? Well, here's what I look for. So um, I, 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 try, I, call, I call it my decision filter. There are certain things I look for. Um, and, you know, you develop, it's like anything that you do over time as you do it multiple times, you get better and better at it. So, um, and I, I always, when I talk to teachers, I always talk about the rule of three, which actually I think the rule of three applies to a lot of things, but it also <laughs> applies to teaching that it's really the third time that you do something that you finally feel like, all right, the third time I teach something, I get this. Mm-hmm. And it was the, this past semester was, what the third year of this Mm -hmm. we're in the third year of just the semester program i think right so the um we've done this multiple times now Mm -hmm. so first of all um i look for a business to consumer type of business okay Okay, i'm talking about the entrepreneurship class Mm -hmm. okay um so uh, we're talking about high school students, so it has to be a business they're going to be able to comprehend easily. And B2B, by the time you explain to a student what they, by the time they figure out a business-to-business kind of business, mm-hmm. the, yeah. yeah, they can't do it. So I look for a business-to-consumer business so that they're going to be able to understand it easily. Sure. It needs to be a startup-type problem. Uh, it could be a new product, it could be a new business, it could be a new market for an existing product, but something where they're starting something new has to be the kind of problem. Um, the CEO I look for, uh, a CEO that's going to be a role model for the mm-hmm. students. So if you're taking this class and you're in high school, this is your it's going to be a very unique sort of experience and you're going to be working on you're going to be all in working on a problem for a business and having a CEO who is a role model who is both trying to do well and do good Mm -hmm. and is somebody you could imagine looking up to that's really a big part of it Mm -hmm. you'll you know we find that by you know the second day that they're working on a business problem instead of saying rust belt reclamation rust belt reclamation they're talking we they've they've internalized that they're part of the business and the problem itself needs to um needs to require research that can be done using the general population. That's really important. Mm. So they have limited time and they're going to be doing 
um, crazy amounts of market research, not only online, but also in person. All, you know, any good research, any good solution requires a richness of research. And if the market that they're working with is very, very specific, then they won't have the ability in just a few weeks to, to, access, that, yeah. to access it. So, I mean, that sounds like a kind of specific thing, but it actually... Well, I think it's connected to the first point you mentioned as well about it being a B2C kind of business. If it's consumer-focused and right. kind of an everyday, right. then they'll have more chance when they get out of the building right. to talk to an everyday person. Right. And so, so, you know, we use a lot of the most contemporary design methodologies and we're looking at human-based design in a very real way. And if students are working on a problem and at no point during working on the problem are they able to interact with a real person or several, (laughs) um, it it really takes away from their work. So, for example, there was a business I was very excited about, but the market they serve is the hearing-impaired market. And I couldn't figure out a way for our students to have access to enough people um, within a very short time frame. So that was one. Um, I think a lot about what the... um, the, the problem has to be substantive enough. You're going to have four teams in any given semester working on the same challenge. Mm-hmm. And it has to be substantive enough that there's unlimited amounts of crazy learning they'll need to be doing and racing to do in order to have some sort of solution by the time of their deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, the subject matter itself that they'll be having to learn about I also think about quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, The startup, whatever it is, whether it's a startup business or a startup product in a new market, whatever it is, the intent needs to be to scale it. That's really important. And that's really, I'm going to try to think about how to describe the ways in which it's important. Um, Maybe to show a counterexample. Let's say instead, let's say we chose... um, a laundromat down the street that just opened up. And all they want to do is be a laundromat on the street. They have no intention of scaling further, etc. Um, it is, that is, you know, it's a real problem. You'd have to, you know, it's a real problem. A student could be assigned to how do you do well in this particular neighborhood. But it's very, very limited in terms of um, what what they'll need to get into. If instead it's, we have this very new model for a laundromat. We're going to start on this street, but we want to we want to have one of these in every city in the country within ten years. That then, pre, there's huge amounts of terrain they need to cover, and they need to learn, and they need to think through in order to analyze what that looks like. The research required. Mm-hmm to come up with a good solution to scale that laundromat is really good. They have to poke very hard into 
What is the problem that this, you know, the value proposition of this particular laundromat? What is the problem that this particular laundromat solves really well mm -hmm. beyond others that is so desirable that it is um, possible to think about scaling it? Then how does one scale it? Then how does this scale into very different kinds of markets? What do I have to learn about the different markets? Then there's also the practicality, the practical issues. What does it mean to scale? So there's so much that they learn and you can infuse that as a teacher. You can, depending on how you guide them through it, they, they, you can get them deep into statistics. You can get them, you can get them uh, actually deep into some of the sort of systems thinking that you have to do if you're talking about a national, you know, all kinds of things. So, so that's one. Which is also interesting on the level of uh, getting students engaged to really care about something. And I, I'm thinking it's interesting they might not care as much if it's just one person that would be affected or one community, but that notion of kind of reaching scale and impacting a number of people might motivate them on a, on a deeper level? Could be, I, I don't, I, I, that for me, it could be, but it doesn't, um, I never even get to thinking about that because I'm so aware of the limitations of doing a small business. Mm. It's a very different thing to learn about small business. The, small business is a great thing to learn about, mm -hmm. but that's not what this is about. Um, the other thing that I look for is the social impact mm -hmm. of the business. So as a, you know, not all of our businesses that we choose have a top line mission statement that includes a social mission as well as a profit mission. Mm -hmm but they are all businesses that are grounded in something that does good in some way for the world. So even if it's a business that sells, you know, I was talking about every key, sells unlocking technology, they have, their business has an integrity of purpose and the sort of the quality of what they do that is really important as well. Um, Increasingly, I'm happy to report we are finding most of our businesses have top line, not only profit purpose, but social purpose, which is great. Uh, we don't have a separate social entrepreneurship course. Mm -hmm. We integrate it in everything that we do. And then the last thing that we, um, I look for is actually um, huge. The timing has to be right. So it we're not fabricating or artificially manufacturing problems for the purpose of giving it to the students. We're really looking for problems that will result in great learning for students that are the real, right now, urgent problem of some business. And so sometimes, many times, when I'm talking to businesses and I'm you know, it's a great business in every other way, but the timing just isn't right. Maybe it's too late or it's too early. Hmm. Um, I've had conversations with wonderful business CEOs who were at one, when they realize what we're talking about, will say, well, what problem would you like us to come up with? 
<laughs> which is lovely and natural. And I said, I'd like to talk about, I'd like you to tell me what are the problems you're facing right now that are really worrying you. Mm -hmm. And many times the first problem or two or three they mention isn't going to work well for the students, but at some point they get to one, well, I'm also really worried about blah, blah, blah. And I find one that has all these other elements and that it makes it good. The other thing is, and I don't know if I said this earlier, it really has to be something that allows a lot of room for creativity and is solvable to some reasonable standard mm -hmm. within a short period of time by a group of four high school students. I mean, that's kind of a summary of it, but it's really important. Do you find it hard to find these kinds of businesses? Are so that is a great question. I get asked that all the time. And here's if I, I wish with all my heart I had a way to really effectively communicate how easily I find them now. So I've talked to many educators who have seen parts of the class, maybe the final presentations, or seen some part of this, and said, wow, that's really great, but are completely intimidated by the idea of finding the business. You know, I don't, I'm not at a Hawken. We don't have an alum base that has businesses. I don't know anybody in business. I don't know anybody who knows anybody. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know how to go about it. And the reality is that in the first few iterations of this, it was trickier, and man, do we have it down. Um, last May, um, we had a very, um, we had a very challenging uh, spring for a lot of reasons, and I didn't have time to um, look for businesses for this fall, mm -hmm. and one day, I realized, wow, you know, I really, I really need to get on this. And I sat down one night and I timed it. It, it. I'm not exaggerating. I sat down and from a cold start to two hours later, I, I had sent, I did, sat on my rear end with my computer, did some Googling, sent out a bunch of emails and LinkedIn's mm -hmm. to people I didn't know because I did a little research on Cleveland startup whatevers. And out of that two hours, enough of them wrote back who ended up having those initial half-hour conversations with me um, that we found our problems for this past semester, which I think you can attest to the fact they were awesome, That's right? Great. So you, when you, when you get... I can look at a website now and eliminate easily, immediately. I can eliminate. And then I can, the ones where I think, okay, that has the possibilities. Um, that could be good. In a half-hour phone conversation, both the CEO and I can figure out if we want to move ahead. So it's a bit of online research a half hour conversation, then another probably one hour conversation in person or over the phone. And then done, we've got our three. And then there's a back and forth as we figure out what exactly the problem should be and how to set it up. And then I do a lot of research beforehand just so that I have a passing knowledge 
of the industry myself mm -hmm. before going in. Smart. And I'm sure there's a significant amount of community resources that you can leverage once you're in the space, like you say, after, you know, a few right. rounds of this, now you have contacts in the business community, in the startup communities, incubators, accelerators, that certainly leverages. You're exactly right. That's a great point. When, another thing that makes it easy now is once you've done this a few times and the CEOs have had a great experience, you know, there were some rough start things, but there, we, we've now had, um, you know, multiple semesters where the CEOs have come out just thrilled with the process, both not having to spend a lot, too much time because they don't have time and with the results. So they make the work a lot easier for us now. And so anybody doing this, if you're teaching a history course, okay, and you do the work to set up a good history, real problem for the students to learn the history you want them to learn, mm -hmm. and you use someone in the community mm. to help with that, the first couple times are the hardest, and then once you do it a couple times well, it becomes much easier. For more information and resources, go to doschoolbetter.com. Podcasts created by Tim Desmond, Doris Corda, and Allison Tanker. Produced by Tim Desmond.